Hello everyone, this is Rich Malicki with Cefesa, the Commercial Food Equipment Service Association, and I'm joined today by three industry veterans, and we are going to be talking a little bit about some uh, hot topics in our industry. So I think the best thing to do is to start with introductions, and I think we should maybe start with the president of Cefesa, John Schwent. Right. My name is John Schwent, and uh, I am the current sitting president of the Commercial Food Equipment Service Association. And uh, I also work for an independent service company in Colorado. What's that company? Oh, I'm sorry. It's a Hawkins Commercial Appliance Service in Inglewood, Colorado. Perfect. And we have here? TJ Coker. Um, work for a company called Coker Service. Family business. Been around since 1984. Um, also a sitting board member of Cefesa. Yeah. I've uh, been doing this my entire life, literally. Long time. Yeah. And over here we have Eric. Yeah. Eric Koenig with Heritage Food Service Group. Uh, I'm currently the co-chair of the marketing committee, but uh, Heritage Food Service Group, we supply replacement parts, 100% genuine OEM replacement parts, but we also have a large service footprint in Canada, as well as a couple offices in the United States as well. Great, yeah, and uh, so uh, I'm Rich Malachy. I am uh, a uh, service company in New Jersey, Malachy Parts and Service. And uh, I'm also a uh, co-chair of the Industry Trends Committee for Cefeso. So we have a solid, uh, solid group here, and I think we're gonna tackle some industry topics that are super important as uh, the industry continues to grow. Um, so we'll put, we'll put a question out there, um, and we'll, I guess we'll bounce around the room. Mm -hmm. So I'll start with Eric. Um, why do you think the industry has such a difficult time recruiting technicians? I think one of the, the, the biggest challenges that we have as an organization and as an industry really is awareness. You know, when we think about, as someone who came from outside of the industry uh, a number of years ago, I had no idea that the industry existed. I would walk into a restaurant, I knew stuff happened. I knew there was equipment, <laughs> and if it was broken, something happened to repair it, but there there wasn't a, a light switch in my brain that said, oh yeah, there's an entire industry built around the equipment and the servicing of the equipment. You know, and I think also with that, when you think about technical schools and technical training and the things that get drubbed into people's heads around, oh, you need to go to college or you need to go to, you know, veterinary tech school or this tech school or that tech school, there really isn't that, that message that can be filtered out to a lot of different places that food service and food service commercial kitchen equipment repair is a fantastic industry. And it's something that, you know, we, for me as a marketer, that's one of my biggest challenges working with our service, our service division is how do we get that message out? So I think for me, the biggest one is really just about awareness. Yeah. No, I agree. It's it's you know being out there trying to recruit technicians, as a as a service company as we all do, you do find most of the time in any room you go in, especially the younger younger high schools or trades, they don't even realize that the food equipment service side is even is even there. So John, what what are you, what are your thoughts well, on? There, there's such a stigmatism of the restaurant industry. Everybody you, you say restaurant industry, and everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to be a burger flipper or. Or a uh, line cook, or a waiter, or waitress, and not that there's anything wrong with any of those trades. Uh, it's a needed, it's a needed skill that everybody has, and you can make a lot of money as a waiter or a cook, or eventually own your own restaurant. But I think for me, 
looking back at it when you're in school, everybody from your parents to teachers, counselors, they're all pushing you to go to college. Mm -hmm. And you have to go to college or you're never going to amount to anything. Right. And um, that's, you know, as, as a parent, I have three kids and I wanted them to go to college. And uh, two of them did. One of them's in this industry. He's in the sales part of the industry. Okay. And uh, didn't go to college. And he's probably making more money than my two kids who have degrees. Yeah. And, uh, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a super super lucrative career that people just don't even know exists. What what was your findings out there? Um, I agree. I agree with both with both the gentlemen here. The biggest struggle I think for us is not so much the barrier of training. It's the barrier of removing that stigma, like John said, mm -hmm. but also really getting past the college lie. I mean, the college lie has been perpetuated in this country for better than 20 or 30 years. You don't have to go to college to make a great living. And this industry provides the, the capability for service technicians to not just be service technicians, but to be experts in a very small field that would set them light years apart from the rest of the community of technicians. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's a field that, you know, as it continues to evolve, gets more technical every single year. So, you know, maybe 30 years ago, you could think about it as I'm just, you know, it's, it's, it's more mechanic. But now you're a, you're a mechanic, you're an engineer, you're a computer tech. You know, it's not just one type of repair that you're working through. It's, you know, you're running entire diagnostic systems to make sure that a particular piece of equipment's up and running. Because there's also no redundancy in any of the equipment anymore. It's like, I don't have two combi ovens, I got one. You know, or there's combi ovens, there never used to be combi ovens. You know, and it really is... A career path that does require that 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 technical savvy, that that ability to, to grasp onto concepts that you know a, a lot of people like I couldn't, you couldn't, you know, you don't want me trying to fix something. I'll kill somebody in a minute. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think it's really a, a real great place to to start to figure out what's gonna be next anyway. I mean, it's really, all the technology that's getting dumped into into the equipment here is setting up the next generation of what's to come, you know? And we don't even know what's to come, you know, as Steve Jobs like to say, you know, right. we don't know what it is until they put it in front of us. You know, and I think for service technicians, that is a challenge because we also also know that the the equipment manufacturers aren't the greatest at training either. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes you are being have put, having it put in front of you, so. Yeah. What I think people don't understand and don't realize is, especially in, in Illinois, I mean, we're in the culinary capital of the United States at this point. The food service and hospitality industry in this state is the largest employer. The absolute bar none largest employer. Okay. It's an $11 billion a year industry. Massive. And there is food service in every segment of that hospitality industry. Mm -hmm. It's a massive market. There's there's potential there for people to make a living for generations. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And it's not just in major cities. The biggest problem we have being out from Colorado is there's small communities and there's no way that repairs equipment. They're rural farmers and 
and uh, people work in oil fields or things like that and there's just nobody out there to uh, yeah. to service it so you can literally live anywhere in this country and abroad I talk to people from all over the world that need you know there's there's food service everywhere, mm -hmm. everywhere. and uh, a good friend of ours is from uh, Bahamas they can't find technicians yeah. What a horrible place to have to live and work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, you think about the demand, especially today. Forget about 10, 15, 20 years ago. The demand today, because we talk about the gap that's coming with people going, you know, off into retirement. And, you know, you could almost write your own ticket to an extent. If you if you get in there and, and learn and train and just be proactive and just learn every part of, of, of your job. And it doesn't end that technician because, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, there's so much other opportunity. There's, like you said, there's sales, there's, there's service director, there's service manager. There's so many different parts of the business that you can, you know, potentially be in at some point. It, it's, the opportunity is endless. So, um, on another question. So, think when you first entered the industry and who was a mentor or influence to your career? So, I'm going to start with TJ. Um, well, it's a family business, so I would obviously say that my uncle, um, the owner of Coper Service, my yes. Coper, would, would be a big mentor for me. But um, really, once I got on this, into this industry, to really understand the ins and outs and how it works and how relationships are built, uh, I would have to say by far Tony Rapinati was my biggest mentor in this industry. Um, he's been gone a few years now, but it's it's been felt my entire time here. I have known that I could rely on him to look up to, and he knows everybody or knew everybody, and, that's and really sure. that's what this industry is about. It's relationships. It's about me knowing you and me knowing you and how we can build that relationship together and, and problem solve together. Yeah, because that's honestly what this industry does. Yeah, it's Our a people. companies are problem solvers. It's a people industry. Sure yeah. is. Absolutely. I, I go back years. I've been here 41 years now. And so I can go back to most of the, the founding companies at Cefesa, and I knew the owners, you know, the yeah. Bill Eichenhowers, the Bernie Harris Seniors, the uh, Elwood Hawkins, Tony Rapinati, as you mentioned, uh, John Swanson, Bruce Hodge. Yeah. Uh, they, they're all industry icons. Absolutely. And what amazed me about them is they would take the time to get to know you. Here I was when I started, I was 17 years old when I started this industry. And I've been coming to the NRA show here, I was just counting, about 35 years now. Um, but coming in, I'd be sitting in the commons area at the bar. And I remember one time Wes Tyler, who uh, was the president of uh, GCS, the, the behemoth of the service companies <laughs> at the time, you know, nationwide. Yeah. He sat down next to me, knew my name, knew who I worked for, knew what I did, and uh, took the time to just talk about it and how important it was to have younger people in this industry to, to, to come up, and yeah. that's probably 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for me, coming, coming to the food service industry from outside of it, I mean, the, my biggest influence, especially with, with working within the service community, was Joe Birchall. You know, he made a point to bring me around and introduce me to everybody. You know, so it, it, it brought me into this FESA organization and you know, without without that introduction, I wouldn't know anybody. I would be a marketing guy for heritage, sitting on the outside, not involved, not looking yeah. to really help advance what we're trying to do, you know, and I think even from 
you know, when I think about my manufacturer relationships, yeah, for me, it's Damon Childers. He did the same thing, made a point to bring me around and introduce me to as many manufacturers as he could. And so today I've got those relationships that just now keep building and building and building. And so as we find and bring new people into the industry, you know, we really have to return the favor. We have to make sure that we welcome people in because I will say food service bar none, this industry has been as welcoming an industry as I've ever encountered in, yeah. my, in my working life. Yeah. And I, I love it. I mean, I think you're going to have a hard time kicking me out of it, I think. so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think everyone has that same. Like once, once it gets a hold of you, you're in. Yeah. yeah for, and just for me, quickly, uh, you know, family business that I came up in was my father was probably my biggest influence in, in me sitting here today. But outside of that, when I first came into the, to the business, and I started going to conferences, you know, you, you're nervous because you don't know anyone, like you mm -hmm. said, but it was very welcoming. And I would say a few people that I could remember really mentoring me and helping me was uh, one was Cookie from American Kitchen. And uh, the other two would be uh, John Sappo and Chuck Ewan from, uh, from Dauber's. They, they just, they, they were there. They just took you around. They introduced you to people. They made you feel like part of the family. And that's really how this industry really truly is. I always, I tell people, this is, this is one of the most bizarre. amazing, mm -hmm. yeah. bizarre, friendly, family-like industries. Yeah. The biggest little industry on the planet. Yeah, and, yeah uh, that really says it, the biggest little industry. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. You can be competitive and friends yeah. all at the same time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. that, that was the point I was going to make. I've never seen an industry where your competitors are also your biggest supporters and they help each other out and they share best practices and, and um, yeah I mean that's what this association is right I mean that's what this is this, the commercial food equipment service association is uh, a bunch of businesses that are all in you know different markets but a lot of us are in the same markets and we're all we're all there kind of like sharing best practices and helping each other with like I was with TJ you know today and we're going through his software looking at different things and how I can get better doors are open mm -hmm. it's just that's the kind of industry that it is um, so for, for a person who may not consider or know of the food service equipment repair as an option what are what are some challenges that give people the opportunity to shine show their skill and continue to grow well with me I started when I was in high school as young angry <laughs> didn't know what I wanted to do knew I didn't want to go to college and uh, while I was still in high school I got a part-time job where I'm at now by shipping and receiving parts worked four hours a day got yeah. done with shipping and receiving and I always was interested in fixing things I like to take things apart more than I did like put them <laughs> together but, um, just after I got done with my my job they started to teach me I fixed blenders and toasters and uh, I liked it, and it came easy to me. Next thing I know, I'm fixing ovens and fryers. And, and uh, I remember the first big job they gave me was a chicken place in Denver. And we had to rebuild the fryers because they were so greasy from all the chicken grease and stuff. And they gave me this just the nastiest job they could think of, thinking, well, if he can handle this, he's going to stick around Maybe a while and spend the time he needs to. Trial by fire. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it went from there. Um, I would say we see trade schools pumping out HVAC technicians. There's there's a market that's being met there. Um, and I would say to HVAC technicians that are out there now, really, an HVAC tech is a, is a dime a dozen. Yeah. 
right? So if, if you feel like you're not being challenged there, or you feel like you could be a specialist, or you could be the top tier of your profession, that's where food service equipment's at. Yeah. These are complex systems. These are very intense mental and physical jobs. And if you really want to set yourself to that next level, that's what our industry is. And I think yeah. we need to promote it that way and let people yeah. know because I'll tell you, our technicians, they can look at anything and fix it. Mm-hmm. That can't be said for a lot of other trades. That's very true. Yeah, from reading wiring diagrams to understanding mechanics, but also understanding why things break. Mm-hmm. And not just fixing the problem, fixing the cause of the problem. I think that's what sets most of the Cefesa technicians apart. Yeah, yeah, I would echo TJ's sentiment there. It's it's really the the evolution of the equipment and the sophistication and the aptitude to not only solve the problem but prevent the problem is is truly challenging. And if you want a career that is challenging, rewarding, all at the same time, and oh by the way, I would say even recession-proof to a certain degree because everybody's got to eat. And if someone's not buying a piece of equipment, they're repairing a piece of equipment because the economy isn't letting them buy a new piece of equipment. You know, And I think even that alone, I think, would, should get people's attention. But yet really the, the ability to solve a problem but prevent a problem is a challenge that I would, I would think anybody who is savvy in how they approach technology and repair would love this industry. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, talking about technicians and you have your apprentices, you have your in-between, you have your senior techs. Um, what I would say, to let everyone know, what are really some of the key characteristics that make a great food service technician? You know, I, I talk sometimes, if you, if you see about gold collar, we're not white collar, we're not blue collar, we're gold collar. And what are those standards to you and your company? So, TJ, what are some of those characteristics for you for, the, for a great food service technician? Absolutely, above all else, willingness to learn. If you're willing to learn, there is countless avenues to teach you. Mm-hmm. A hard work ethic, you want to get up every morning and get out there and fix something. To truly love to problem solve. Because you take, you take away the piece of equipment and you put a computer or you put anything else that's broken and if you're just instinctively wanting to fix it and figure out what's wrong, then those are the qualities that, that embody a great technician. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like uh, your neighbor, <clears throat> the guy that is always fixing stuff. He's always the guy that you go to if you need a hand. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, back in the day, the guy with the pickup truck. You know, everybody wants, <laughs> wants to know the guy with the pickup truck because he has a skill that everybody else needs and doesn't have. And I think technicians in general are caring people who want to solve problems and uh, want to help one another. And they get their satisfaction, not so much from the paycheck at the end of the day, which is a great thing. Yes. But it's the self-satisfaction of, hey, I I approached this problem. I didn't cause the problem. I fixed the problem and made that person's day better than he's working for. Yeah, and I think for me it was our neighbor, Mr. Cook. He was always because there's a patience level too, because it's also you know you're you're repairing the problem, but you're also showing 
be it the the kitchen manager or the owner of the of the restaurant or the facility manager for the hospital so if you keep kicking this over and over again it's gonna break you know if you just if you do this it's not gonna break and we won't have to see you as often um, you know I think there's also that patience level you know so we always talk about soft skills as as something that we we want to instill in our technicians so I think that to me is as much as you know the problem solving and the but the patience too to to be able to take a tough situation because you're walking into a kitchen and if it's broken someone's not happy about it so you're also having to sort of triage that that emotion because that relationship is why you're going to walk back into the kitchen the next time something breaks too so yeah yeah I i think some key characteristics for us you know for my company is showing up every day you know because these guys or gals um as technicians of any food service company it's the lifeblood and being in every day is just super important because you know it's a team and you you know that guy calls out it it creates a a lot of other issues so being in every day that's a super big characteristic and that goes back on willingness to learn willingness to work you know you really have to have that inside you it's not you know i always say it's not for everyone but it's could be I think another good characteristic is willing to serve yeah right because yeah. the food service industry and its name you're serving right we're serving the customers so they can serve their customers so you have to have that in the back of your mind that it's not just that piece of equipment it's that customer it's that customer's customer mm. it's that diner in the seat you know you really have to get that far ahead of it and if you've got that willingness to serve your community your organization yourself the problem i think that's a great characteristic in a service technician oh yeah anything else anything? well I, you know one of the, the things you talk about the opportunities you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> when i was in high school like i said got into shipping and receiving i thought it's just a part-time job mm-hmm. but the more i did the more i learned the more i liked the more opportunities i was given and going from a 17-year-old kid shipping parts out the back door to repairing the equipment to becoming a service manager to, to doing all aspects of the job, ordering parts, um, selling parts, ordering for the technicians, taking care of the fleet. Um, IT guy, believe it or not, I was the IT guy for a while because I had a home computer for <laughs> um, All the way to now I'm the president of uh, Cefesco. You know, never went to college a day in my life. Well, I take that back. I took a tennis class <laughs> uh, with my wife. So, um, never a day, never a day of college. Never paid a dime of tuition. Yeah, we're we're, we're this living, breathing proof of the alternative to college in this room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and to to go to go back to the to the opportunities. What what are the opportunities for someone to break into this industry? Because they're they're just they're just a massive massive there's there's massive opportunity right now but like I said the supply and the demand of everything that's coming mm-hmm. well a couple of years ago we did a survey if you remember um, if tomorrow you could hire as many technicians conservatively just enough to get you going with your workload today just in our membership of Cefesa which I think we have like 500 member companies mm-hmm. there were 7,000 job openings tomorrow mm-hmm. just in our industry and that yeah. was in a rough economy. And that was in a very rough economy. That's right. Yeah, I mean, just for our Canadian organization, we have 225 techs across Canada 
we need 80 more just to deal with the influx of calls and to keep up with those relationships so we're not two days out three days out where we're responding the next day we're responding in eight hours because mcdonald's says if my garland grill isn't back up and you know then i can't serve my fresh quarter pounder you know i mean that 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 it's the real struggle so when you when we say opportunity it's a there are open jobs and we're willing to train come come and get them <laughs> not only are we willing to train we're paying you to train you. <laughs> we're, we're paying. Yeah. yeah yeah it's it's not a paid internship it's above a paid internship it's a it's a paid trade school yeah. is really what it is i mean i know i know personally our company is starting a school you know we're, we're reaching out to high schools and we're saying you know if, if you like working with your hands if you took metal shop if you like working on your car you come work for us we'll teach you we'll train you while you're still in school, right after you graduate, either way, we'll make an, a, an adjustable schedule so that you can get into a trade. You can start a career. Mm-hmm. And I really think that kids who are sitting in that, that chair in school right now are looking at it like, oh man, parents are all over me to go to college. I can't stand being here, let alone being in college. What am I gonna do? And, and that anxiety that they have to go through for that, mm-hmm. it's an easy out. Here's a job that pays well, right out of school. Yeah, it does. I mean, one, one of the things that always amazed me is all my kids are all out of college now. They have friends that go in, spend sixty, eighty thousand dollars in tuition, and come out with the opportunity of a job that pays twenty-five to thirty thousand a year. So they've got that might not even have been the field that they were in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And now they have three years of three years of income that they owe for something that they're not even using or when they can't can, use. When they can mm-hmm. start for a company in our organization starting with that money. Yeah, and there's Straight a goal. Out of high there's a, and there's a goal. You know, yeah. you want to become that, that senior right. technician mm-hmm. and, you know, have a senior, get under that senior guy and have him mentor you and show you the way. And I'm like, yeah, there's a goal. There's, there's within Cefesa. Yeah. You know, master becoming a master certified technician. Absolutely. You know, that brings, that brings standards to you, to your company, there's a lot of pride in that, and I'm sure for for us and a lot of companies, that also probably means a little bit more more money because you're working. Absolutely. There. So there's there's Absolutely. just it's never ending. Yeah, there there are service technicians, senior service technicians, who are making six figures. Done. Absolutely. Hands down. Happening. Making six figures. Happening today, and that's and that, I think for more to talk elaborate more on the opportunity outside of the reward of being able to help people. Because we're helping people, and the reward of the of, of the pay, there's other things that go along with that. Like, what are some other perks that that companies like in this in this industry offer? Uh, Benefits. Usually, you're getting a take home vehicle. I mean, how many how many places do you know that you get paid to drive take to your, your job? That's great. Yeah. Cost you nothing right. to come to work. Cost you nothing yeah. to come to work every day. That's a huge yeah. incentive. Are you getting paid to drive to work? Yeah. You know, our technicians leave yes. from their house. They're heading. They're getting paid to drive to work. Yep. Something new, every day. Every, it's something so new true. every day if you if the thought of sitting in a cubicle all day just would drive you insane this this job this career is for you you will literally see new faces new restaurants new equipment every single day yeah yeah yes. and you know health benefits that's that's a big one mm-hmm. um, yes you know everybody gets Everybody gets health benefits, good health benefits. Right. 
uh, cell phones, laptops, exactly. USA technology, tool Four, accounts, 401k, 401k matching, right. employer matching, matches, uh, yeah. profit sharing. Uh, we pay productivity bonuses, yeah. uh, paid time off, all kinds of vacation oh, yeah. times, and I know there's lots of different incentives with the trainings and and hitting your specific goals that, that are set for you by Absolutely. your management teams. And yeah, I mean, there's no other there's no other career coming out of high school that's going to do all that. No, not one. Nope. No. Job really isn't. So, and that, to continue to talk about opportunity, because that's really what I think we're talking about here for for the, the young man, man, uh, young guy or girl sitting in a classroom or trying to figure out what they're going to do. So, Cefesa cares. Do we want to talk a little bit about what what that's about? That's you know, we um, <laughs> as an organization we give. We're trying to attract people into this industry. It's uh, it's uh, an unknown gem, and we're actually giving scholarships to people uh, that are donated from member companies and and our uh, sponsors, just to to get people into our industry. And not doesn't necessarily have to be the repair industry. Be into sales. Be into uh, manufacturing. Uh, bottom line is we're trying to help kids get into this hospitality industry and Cefesa Cares is just one of the many things we do. Cefesa built a training facility in, at our headquarters in South Carolina. We have four or five classrooms and a full-time trainer and we train people as fast as we can get them in there. Yeah. What was it last week that there was an international training class? Yes. I don't know how many people but yeah from overseas. Mm -hmm. So you even get that opportunity to say wait a minute like you said earlier service overseas you could Get a job with somebody and go live in Italy for in <laughs> repair food service equipment. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're not restricted. I, mm -mm. I've actually said that to a couple of the young guys. You know, I said things happen in life. Not that we ever want to lose you, obviously, but things happen in life where you maybe you have to relocate for a certain reason, family or something happened. Florida. Mm -hmm. It's one phone call from me to say, and you're you're right. You have you won't miss a beat because mm -hmm. this is this is in demand everywhere. Right, and the relationships we all have with each other right. really oh, yeah. are. Some, are Pivotal yeah. for that. Yeah. I've had technicians over the years come up to me and say, hey, you know, I, I need to move back, be closer to my kids. They ask, who can I get a job with? I'll pick up the phone. Right. Call you. Coming to New Jersey, right? Uh, coming to Chicago. Hey, it's TJ. Yeah. Listen, I got a great guy coming your way. Yep, absolutely. And done. Yeah. Got a job when he lands. Yeah. Well, skills are transferable anywhere in the country. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere in the, the world. world. Yep. Yeah. Anywhere in the world. Yeah, so as, as service companies, uh, you know, we have parts distribution, we have different things so going on here. So are you, are you doing anything as far as an apprenticeship program goes in, within your own companies yes. that maybe we want to let everyone know about? We're starting a training school. Like I mentioned earlier, it's going to be uh, straight out of high school or straight out of a, a trade school if you've already gone that length and gotten some training there. But it, you're going to get paid to learn. You're going to be riding along with a service technician, spending time in a classroom. We're going to offer the the curriculum and the education to get you where you need to go and teach you in a way that you learn, not just throw a textbook at you or throw you a $20,000 tuition bill and hope you might learn something. Yeah. The goal is to teach the student, not teach the masses. Yeah, that's a great idea. And we do it a little bit different. You know, most of the people we get don't want to go to school. They don't want to sit in a the classroom. Yeah. They're tactile learners. So 
we send them out with technicians. We have, not every technician's a good trainer. They don't have the patience, they want to knock you out. I'm, I'm not a good trainer. If I'm out in the field, I want to mm-hmm. knock you out of the way and show you how to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch you do it. And it's just, yeah. it's a hard thing to break and not everybody can do it. Yeah. But we have guys that will take, we'll hire somebody and they'll be embedded with that, mm-hmm. with that technician for months. And they learn at their own speed. Some people pick it up really fast. Uh, we had a technician we hired. He was a manager of a yogurt shop, but his boss made him fix his own equipment, or tried to. He couldn't do it. <laughs> Called us. Technician comes out. He inquires, "Hey, it's impressive what you do. I want to. I want to do it." Came and applied. I have guys that, that could be in the GQ magazine. You know, the good-looking guys. The you know, the hair's combed nice and pretty. Then <laughs> I got this guy. Tattoos, hoops <laughs> in his ears, uh, nose ring, all walks. Yep. And within a year, this guy was out on the road by himself. He studied the books. He took the tests. He went all in. Mm-hmm. You know, got other guys. It takes a couple of years to do. He was, he he excelled within a year. Now he just bought his first house, had his first kid, started a family. Yeah, I think, you know, for us, our Canadian organization is doing the same thing in the apprenticeship program where, you know, we're, we're going to HVAC schools, we're going to, even back into restaurants, you know, chefs are like, I'm, it's, I've got to get out of that 3 a.m. lifestyle where it's just, you know, repetitive, because repet- they want to start a family, you know, so you're bringing them in, teaching them classroom plus hands-on in the field with, a, with a, another a senior technician. Um, but also walking them through the licensing because so, Canada you've got to have a gas license you've got to do a number of different things to be able to work on a lot of the equipment but walking them through all of this and paying them while they're doing it you know exactly. so it's not it's not an unpaid mm-hmm. apprenticeship it is it is a paid apprenticeship and the faster you quick you pick it up the more you're gonna make because now you're building now we can get you out on the road and yeah. fulfilling what our customers are looking for yeah, I, for us as a, as a small business uh, in New Jersey, um, last year I, I attended a high school and I spoke in front of about 50 or 60 seniors and we ended up hiring two young guys that are training now with the same way. They're riding with senior techs. Uh, getting They went down to uh, Cefesa's EGS class, um, you know, and, and they're just kind of just in there every day, in the trenches every day, sitting there right along. And I, I feel like this is... And maybe we got lucky with these two guys because they're they're really on point. But I'm I'm planning on doing that again, and I'm gonna just continue to do two at a clip, two at a clip, two at a clip, and eventually we'll we'll get we'll get there I think. But it's you got to be consistent and patient and patient and patient super patient. Yeah. I'm one of the I was one of the uh, volunteer trainers for Cefesa for a while. And I used to love when a new company would join Cefesa that's been out doing this type of work for 20 years. And uh, struggled, heard about Cefesa and what we stand for and do. And they would send technicians and been out in the field for 20 years doing stuff. Go through our training class, and it was in the beginning, they thought, oh, this is beginning, you know, electric, gas, and steam training. It's, I'm, I'm above that. Nah. And in two days, they come up to you and say, I had no idea how much I didn't know yep. and how I've been doing it wrong for so long and now I'm going to be able to do it right to satisfy my customers better. That's what this is about. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a great point. 
Anything, anything else on um, on training the next generation? No. No, I think we're I think we're on pace. We've all got. It's rare in this organization that every facet of the industry all comes together under the same drive. We all realize that there's a deficiency in technicians and the quantity we have, and we're all willing and able and driven to take care of it. It's just a matter of getting out there in the street yeah. and finding the kids. Yeah, that's so. That's I think this is so important that we're doing this just just for that for that reason to start bringing awareness to it. The more we talk about it, the more awareness is gonna get out to the masses, and eventually one day we'll be sitting here saying, "There's too many." <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's wishful thinking. Yes. Um, I guess to to close this out, I mean, Cefesa as a whole obviously is for 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 me. Is um is about standards. It's about relationship. It's about camaraderie, and it's also about the the biggest thing I think we're talking about here for for finding technicians is opportunity. So I think Cefesa is opportunity, um, for for companies that may be thinking about coming on, for companies that are in and not participating, and starting to get more into the training and really opening that up to 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 your businesses and your companies. One, one of the other things I wanted to point out, again, going back to when I started, took a job, again, in high school, and my friends, some of them went into the uh, HVAC trade, some of them went into construction. Yeah, they go in and they're making about $10 an hour more than I was. And they were always trying to get me to go, and then they get laid off, because it was seasonal, or the weather was bad, or they didn't have another job to do. So they'd come back, and they're sitting around home, and they'd always tell me, well, I was making... I was making ten more dollars an hour than you were. I said, "Well, what did you make last year?" Every every case, I made more money than because I was consistently working. Always had something to do. Never had to sit home. Got paid vacations. They didn't get paid vacations. Um, you didn't work. You didn't get paid. If it's raining and you work outside, you don't work. Um, I don't, I honestly, in forty-one years, I have never heard of anybody getting laid off in this industry. Yeah, no. never. That's heard. that's important. That's important for for someone listening to understand that this. This is not seasonal. This is a career. Yeah. This and is this is this is going to be your your life's work. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you're going to be passionate about it. You're going to get in there, and it's uh it's going to be part of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it is not seasonal. No. It's it's twelve months a year. That's it. And you'll never go hungry. No. No. That's right. <laughs> as 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 a few of us sitting around this table are. No, but I would agree with Rich. It's it is really about opportunity. It's opportunity to, to build lasting relationships, friendships. It's opportunity to continue learning. It's opportunity to really develop as 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 a, as a person in a lot more ways than you would ever think about. You know, just by becoming involved. You know, getting involved with Safesa and the organization and everything that it stands for. Is, is critical not just to your own personal success, but the, it's the success of the entire industry. You know, and the more people that we can get involved and the younger that they can get, you know, the sooner they start, the more successful everybody in the organization will be. I'd also like to make another point when we're talking about career opportunities. We've been talking about technicians. There's many more opportunities in this industry than just being a technician. There's dispatchers. Cefesa mm-hmm. put together a dispatching program to, to or dispatch training, yeah. do soft skills training. We have management training classes as, as your careers develop. We're, we're there to help all along the path. So, Yeah, our folks in the office that run the back end 
really are the silent heroes in the whole thing because they're not out yes. there getting the praise from the, the customer or or getting the win out in the mm-hmm. field, but went back in, in the back of the house, in the back of the house, That's right. Right? <laughs> in the back of the house, they're running the show. I mean, they're making sure those guys yeah. on the field have everything they need to get their jobs done. They're, uh, they're out there billing those work orders so that the companies stay profitable so we can keep offering these amazing benefits. Yeah, that's, that's a great great point to, to brought up here at the end with warranty administrator billing, mm-hmm. dispatcher, service manager, parts manager, you know, lead lead installation teams if you have a warehouse manager. Customer service. Customer service. It's, it all comes together at the end because we all need each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, and another thing, if you don't have the physical attributes to go crawling underneath ovens and things, we are ADD, we are ADA accessible. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, you have a physical disability, there's jobs. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess I'll say in closing, is there anything left that we want to say, a closing, closing statement of uh, maybe to the, to the young, young, young guy or girl that might might grab a hold of this and, and let them know one more final thing as to why they should really be looking towards the food equipment service industry as a career path. I think from my, my viewpoint of it is you're learning a, a lifelong skill that will benefit you even if you don't stick it out in this industry. Um, one of the techs we just hired, and he's in our training program, he's only been with us for a few months, just moved into a house, he goes, it's awesome, I can change my own ceiling fan. You know, six months ago, I'd been scared to death of it, and I don't know anybody who could. You're going to use these skills that you learn. This career may not be for you, but those skills that you learn are going to benefit you throughout your life. Yeah, life skills. Yeah, for sure. It's a life-changing opportunity. It is. It really is. We're going to close out? We're good. All right. So closing out the podcast here for uh, Safesa. Yeah. Eric, John, TJ. Thank you guys for, for joining us. And Thanks for the opportunity. We'll see you hopefully on the next podcast. <laughs> yes. Thank you. All right. All right. Now put the camera on. We're going to do it right now. Now we'll... <laughs> <laughs>